On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Cricket Unfiltered, the News Corp Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Menzel, a.k.a. Menas, and this is a special episode called The Making of Fox Cricket. Yes, I was lucky enough during the SCG Test versus India to be given incredible access to some of the key figures that have helped shape and form Fox Cricket. And I know not all of you have access to Fox Cricket who listen to this show, but but I also know that everyone's very passionate about their cricket coverage. So I was really lucky. I've been able to, to talk to the head of television at Fox Sports and then the general manager of Fox Cricket to get a behind-the-scenes view of, of Fox Cricket and the ideas that have gone into it. And then from there... I was able to speak to Isha Gua and Adam Gilchrist to sort of give their view of the coverage and, and what they put into the skill of commentary and, and how they see the Fox Cricket product. So, look, I think it's a really interesting uh, episode. There's four interviews, but let's kick things off with the head of television, Steve Crawley, and the general manager of Fox Cricket, Matt Weiss. We'll kick it off with those two, and then Isha Gua and Adam Gilchrist are to follow. So let's start at the SCG with Steve Crawley, head of television at Fox Sports. Hi, everybody, and I'm here at the SCG with Steve Crawley, head of television at Fox Sports. Steve, um... I'm doing a bit of a behind-the-scenes look at the Fox Cricket mm-hmm. coverage, but you've been instrumental in putting Fox Cricket together. What was your initial sort of um, vision for the product when you started? Well, the important thing for us was the summer. We had our footballs in, in winter and they were very compelling, uh, but we had a churn over summer where we didn't have the national sport in, in, in cricket. We, we bid for it. Uh, everyone got behind it, news got behind it, from Chairman Michael Miller down, Patrick Delaney, the CEO at, at Foxtel, Peter Campbell, the CEO at Fox Sports. They went hard for it. I didn't think that they'd get it. I, I didn't think that we'd be that fortunate to get it. And when we got it, I just thought, holy dooly, there's a lot of work to do and not much time. Uh, but it was so exciting because with the AFL, with the rugby league, with the football... And now with the cricket, I feel like we're a compelling network and I'm I'm so proud of where we're at after such a short time. Yeah, well, why do you think um, you were able to land the rights? Uh, Well, some good negotiation and Cricket Australia have have, have turned out to be great partners, but they had had the courage to, um, to go where... They hadn't gone before as far as giving us the rights, uh, host broadcasting rights to um, to one days and, and to 2020 international matches and, and now to the test matches. And um, so it was there. I didn't think that they um, they would be that, that bold as to do that. And they were. And I'm so glad. And, and the feedback that I'm getting from them is that they're... Um, 
they're happy that they did. So it's, uh, you know, it's worked both ways. Well, I mean, although I worked for News Corp before that, I was always dreaming of a 24-hour dedicated mm. cricket channel. So mm. uh, my dream has become a reality. Andrew, that's a big thing. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's a big reason. I think that that was very attractive to the officials of cricket that we would have a 24-hour channel. And also the, the talk shows around the yep. cricket. Like, yep. you know, having a podcast actually, I noticed for a while there wasn't a lot of sort of content and discussion around the game on, you know, the other networks or you yep. get a bit here and there. No, but that's right. Not the sort of dedicated programs that you get after play and before play and, you know, the other magazine style shows. It's so, sort of yeah. it's really enriching the, not well, only the cricket coverage, but also the discussion around it. The numbers for. Cricket 360 with Jared Waitley and Crash Craddock and and a host of our um, commentators have been bigger than than NRL and AFL 360. They've been a great success and we're having some fun with Cummins Spinner. I don't know if cricket's ever had this much fun on television in this country as what we're having now. The Professor, I don't know if, if, the, if the Night Watchman is, is that show's called. I didn't think cricket might be ready for The Professor, but but they've come in droves to watch him late at night. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's exciting and, and we're full on. And what about some of the sort of nuts and bolts of the style of coverage that yeah. you wanted to sort of work towards? What was sort of some of the, you know, ideas you had around that? Well... The the most important thing that we did to begin with was put our team of commentators together. They had great support and we all worked together on, on getting the right people. So the first target was Adam Gilchrist. And Adam Gilchrist is, is like he's Australian of the Year material. Everyone likes Adam and you can see why working with him and he's so professional and he's so well thought out and, and he does everything for the right reason. So say he's over there and he's the captain of his side and our vice-captain is Shane Warne and they're very different people and they're, they're, their knowledge is the same but everything else is different. So that was a compelling mix to have those guys. And then there's Brett Lee and there's and there's Mike Hussey and, and then we looked overseas and we saw Risha Gua doing some really wonderful stuff. She's represented England eight times. She knows her cricket as well as anyone. We looked at England and, and got the former England captain, the Ashes winning captain, Michael Vaughan. So we, 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 we actually got the team that we wanted to get and so that was a massive start for us. I don't think a team, a better team has ever been assembled for cricket broadcasts. It seems like also a team with a little bit more variety mm. than we've seen in the past. Not just a, a variety of people, but a variety of styles. Uh, you know, you brought in you know Kerry O'Keefe, who was yep. in the radio, who's yep. a bit more humorous, and, yep. and you've, you've got a sort of real mix of commentators I in there. Be, did, did you did you want to sort of uh, try to produce a more contemporary broadcast? Well, we wanted to produce a, a broadcast like never before. Now that was a catchphrase that was was used in, initially by Patrick Delaney, but we had to live to that, so we had to be different. I, I was lucky enough to work with Kerry Packer and, and David Gingell and, and the team at Channel 9 for a number of years and, and lucky enough to work with the big four and Richie Benno, Bill Laurie, Tony Gregg and Ian Chappell. And, and that was, a, at that time, um, 20 years ago, that was... That, that was the way it was done and the rest of the world copied. But I came into this role, I've been a number of years at Fox now, we set up Fox League and now we've done Fox Cricket and I knew the importance that we couldn't copy what had been done before. 
So we went in with that mindset. Yeah, and also I've noticed also bringing in like professional broadcasters that haven't played cricket in the past. You know, it was always seen that mm. sort of commentate on test Captain cricket. Captain Australia. Captain or right. played at least. And, we've you know, we've seen a few people in the, the commentary box who've got there just through mer- yeah. meritocracy on their, their ability to broadcast the game, which I think makes the coverage better. We've got an absolute ripper in Mark Howard. I don't know if Mark played at school or what he did, but he's he's a journalist and he brings to us, he does his own podcast, he brings to us a flavour that probably hasn't been experienced before. Absolutely. And what have been some of the unforeseen challenges in sort of making your vision a reality? Oh, every day is is unforeseen (laughs) challenges. I mean, we've got 59 games of BBL. That's that's a lot of cricket. Plus, we've got every day of summer um, ODIs, T uh, Twenties, uh, so test matches. So logistics is massive. You don't understand. I mean, just timetables and and getting enough commentators to go around and and getting the production staff. A lot of our producers haven't produced. A lot of our cameramen haven't worked on cricket before. So when you see a wide shot of, of a slips camera or whatever, and you think, gee, that's far too wide, and then you remember, hang on a minute, this. The guy on that camera hasn't done it before, so every day is an education. You're looking at something every day to make better. But, you know, it's just so many talented people around it, it seems to be working. And do you have a sort of vision that over the six years you'll you'll bring in more innovations and, Absolutely. and try and um, you keep pushing the broadcast? That's, that's what we're about. We're, we're about innovation. Every day we're looking for innovation. And then people say new innovation. If it's innovation, it is new. So every day we're looking <laughs> for that. And uh, with the, um, the Big Bash coverage, what's the sort of – how does that differ from the test coverage? Massively. Different audience, different pace, no sheep stations, just a lot of fun. Uh, so it's very, very different. And and some people are better suited to test matches than they are to BBL and vice versa, but uh, so many professionals that they normally can go across both. But we go, we dress differently, we think differently, we colour in differently. Everything's different. And I guess um, just to wrap things up, you know, we're sort of halfway through this season. Yeah. Have you been happy with the sort of standard and, and what you've been able to produce so far if, in your initial um, coverage? It's more relief than happiness, I think. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I, I am, but I know that in, in years to come you'll look back and think, oh, that wasn't as good as we thought it was at the time. You've got to keep improving every day. You've got to think differently every day. The music you use it can't be the same. The camera angles you use, they can't be the same. Spider Cam's been a great success on our cricket coverage. Um, the buggy, the fox buggy going around, it's getting shots that I've never seen before. The, the, the mob that we have from New Zealand, Virtual Eye, are giving us innovation after innovation. They've done a marvellous job. So... Every day we want to get better, and and I, we won't get better every day, but we will get better over time. Well, Steve, thanks so much for taking the time to sit down on the podcast, and good luck with the rest of summer. Thanks, Andrew. All right, so now I'm here with the general manager of Fox Cricket, Matt Weiss. Matt, thank you for coming on the podcast. How's How are you going? You busy? Yeah, flat out at the moment. Um, obviously, with the test match on at the moment, for example, today we've got a full day of Test cricket and then two big bash exclusive games tonight. So, fifteen hours of straight cricket today. So, 
pretty busy time. Well, I guess let's dive straight into that. How do you manage something like that with, you know, three games one day, you must need a big roster of commentators, the logistics. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of the challenges. A lot of logistics involved today. I mean, just to give people a little bit of a background, um, we've got 109 people working on the test match here uh, in Sydney. The two exclusive matches will probably have about 60 each. There's one of them's up in Queensland at Metricon Stadium and the other one's over in Perth. So, you know, you're probably looking at about 230 people uh, working today for Fox. Um, we've got 10 commentators here. We'll have uh, five commentators and reporter at each of those matches. So you're looking at 20 on-air talent um, for the day. So how do so, you how do you how do you get that many people in to do it? I mean, that's uh, a, a that's almost the whole production. Yeah, with great cricket. expense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was um, obviously one of the things that was a real challenge when we first started building Fox Cricket, and something that we felt was really important. Um, Steve Crawley and myself, we obviously targeted what we thought were the best on-air team, both commentators and reporters. Um, at Fox, we've got some terrific reporters already. In other sports, um, you know, from Fox Footy and Fox League, um, Fox Rugby, you know, our A-League coverage. So a lot of them are, are you know, cricket fans and, and also news reporters as well. So that's the reporting side of it. The commentary side of it, we obviously, being, having two broadcasters for the first time, there was a bit of an arms race on there to find <laughs> the best commentators. Yeah. So we, we did our best there and we're really happy with what we've got. We, we think we've assembled one of the best commentary teams in the world. With our reporters and commentators, we've got about 31 people. So. so so with the Big Bash, I noticed I was watching the, the most recent game and they had the, the Channel 7 commentary at the ground, but they had the Fox in the studio. So is that something that you're going to sort of do throughout the season? Yeah, look, we're, um, we're still feeling our way, obviously, our first year in Big Bash. Ultimately, I think you'll find we'll, we'll call every game, 59 games. In the first year, there was a lot of logistics involved in that. And uh, both technically and numbers of people that we're still working through. So you'll find that probably around, we have 16 exclusive games out of 59. Mm. Of the 43 that we share with Channel 7, we'll probably do our own call at the venue for about 25 of those. And the others will take Channel 7's call with a panel in the studio. Yep. And, and that's, that's a format we do, say, with Fox Footy on Friday Night Footy. Um, we'll have a panel with Eddie and, and the experts in the studio, and then we'll take Channel 7's call. Yeah, I noticed last night they weren't even really taking Channel 7's call. They were just commentating yeah. in the studio. Yeah, last night they did their, their own call. Last night was a particularly different uh, night for the BBL. I don't think it's ever happened before where there were big bushfires down in Hobart mm. and there were actually no commentators there. Um, they actually couldn't fly in. Wow, okay. So both Seven and ourselves called the game from, an, you know, from yeah, our right. own venues which is unique and uh, never happened before and hopefully never happens again, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so how much do you sort of listen to what the commentators say and give them direction, give them guidelines, give them feedback? What's your sort of role in that or is there someone's role? Yeah, look, we have um, a number of producers that do that. It's a very different beast, Test Cricket, to One Day Cricket, to BBL. They're very different games. And the production style needs to alter with that. So just to sort of brief background you a little bit on that, for example, at a test match, we'll have three producers working the commentators. So to, we have a line producer that's running uh, the, the commentators from a television point of view. Then we have a cricket producer who's running the cricket storylines. Um, he's also calling for, 
various graphics, whether it be you know virtual eye graphics, um, whether it be our, our statistic graphics through QuickViz. He's driving the cricket side of it. And do they work with the commentators? They in that work one? with the commentators. Um, so what what happens in a test match because it's much slower? There's ninety overs. Takes a lot longer. You've got time, and there's a, the storytelling is a lot more important. Mm. So constantly during the day, we're trying to find threads and storylines to do with people's um, actions, statistics in the past, head-to-heads, and what's happening in the game. The game ebbs and flows in test cricket. It'll go really slow for a while, and then you'll find all of a sudden the game moves forward in an hour, and then it slows down again. And it's in those slow periods that we have to try and make the coverage entertaining, basically. You can keep a pace Yeah, whereas when you take that to BBL or T20 cricket, it's a very different beast. It moves so much faster that you can't actually get as, as much content in during the overs, and having no ad breaks, we have the ability to do that at the end of the over, but even that is very quick at a BBL game. They tend to change ends very quickly. There's a lot more spinners come on. They bowl, you know, because of the pace of the game, that's just the way they do it, whereas quite often you'll come back at a test match for an ad break, and they're still setting the field for another, you know, 90 seconds sometimes. Mm. So uh, very different type of coverage that we're doing. Wow, and what about combinations of commentators? Do you sort of feel that some people gel a bit better and have a bit more rapport on air and than others and and do you look at that and try and sort of get the right matchups absolutely we do that there's uh, obviously various demographics you know say Kerry O'Keefe for example and you know is, is in his late 60s we often say he's in his late 80s but <laughs> he says late 60s we'll go with it you know so he's obviously appealing to a, an older generation of of cricket fans and it comes with a very different slant to Mark Howard, who's a lot younger and fresher in his commentary style. So we try and match various demographics. We also try and match various times in the game. So when the opening bowlers are coming on, we'd like to have Brett Lee in there explaining opening bowling. When the spinners come on, obviously Shane Warne's got a lot more expertise in that area. So how can you do that? Because it always changes. Yeah, well, you obviously... You the roster the day. Start, the, you know, Adam Gilchrist, you know, at a one day was, was opening the batting, so he'd do the first stint. So we try and look at the stints and where they're going to sit. And sometimes we'll change that on the run. So if an innings finishes and we know the fast bowling is going to be really important with the new ball, you know, for the next session, we might bring Brett Lee in. Or, you know, if it's middle order batting, we might bring Mike Hussey in. There's a variety of things that we try and tailor to the stage of the game and the type of game. And how sort of far along the road do you think the product is? You know, how happy with it are you? And, you know, how much are you looking at further development? I mean, it's one thing we do at Fox. We're always looking for new innovations. Being a subscription service, it's really important that we don't rest on our laurels and just serve up what everyone else is serving up. You know, we have a mantra of um, better, special, different, and we try and, and push the letter all the time. If you'd asked me six months ago, would we be built where we are now? I'd be very happy with where we are now, but I still think we can improve. Anything new's got its teething problems, and we've obviously worked through a lot of that as we've started. Um, but I think, you know, it's like the duck. On top of the water, it's looking pretty smooth, but there's been a fair bit going on below the water. It's a it's a huge setup. As I said, we've got over 100 people working here. When you put together the, the analytics, the graphics, spider cam, the rover cam, you know, we've got 40 cameras here today. It's a big project, but we're really pleased with where it is at the moment. Well, Matty, before I let you go, last question. On, on, a, on a positive note, what's the thing you're happiest with so far this season with the coverage, you know, that you're really just happy that it, you've nailed it? Yeah, look, one thing, I mean, apart from our commentary team, I think is just absolutely first class and, and world leading. 
I think we've really worked with uh, Cricket Australia and the Indian players to get access like I don't think cricket fans have ever had in this country before. No, I um, couldn't believe, say, Tim Payne spoke on Cricket 360 maybe the day, the first day of the series. Yeah, first I mean, day I mean, of the series. That's unprecedented um, to get the Australian captain on a panel show straight after play after he's kept in 30-degree heat all day. Yeah, and that, that's the type of thing that we've really worked with Cricket Australia to make sure that what we want to do is build, build stars and make, make the players accessible for the public and make the public feel like they know them and love them again. And we felt like that had, there was a disconnect, particularly after the Cape Town incident. So we really worked with Cricket Australia on that. And through things like um, we, we put a camera and a microphone on Spidercam. So we've done interviews in the tea break, actually out mm-hmm. on the field during the game. That's never been done before, which takes you closer. We've, our use of Spidercam and Mark Howard during the warm-ups is taking people actually out on the field. They roving feel like Howie. Roving Howie or Howie in the middle or whatever they call it. Yeah, that, and that's working really well. And, and also the stump mics. The ICC changed the rules with the stump mics um, after the Cape Town and, you know, you don't have to have them down out when the ball's dead now. So that they, once they changed those rules, we made a decision, conscious decision that we would let the public hear what goes on out on the field. We spoke with the players and the Players Association about that let them know that we're going to do that. And I think you've found that some of the chat between, you know, Pant and, and our play, our players, Tim Payne and, and their players, I think it's been terrific. It's been in a really good spirit and it shows that not all sledging is nasty, that some of it's just clever, good fun mm. that's happening in park cricket. And I think through that we've seen Pant's become a bit of a cult hero. Tim Payne's become, gee, people know he's got a sense of humour and he's a really good bloke. And, and I think that's really important that... Um, the public know that and see that, so that that's something I'm really proud of. Yeah, absolutely. And they, you know, they can make the example of Wimbledon. You know, everybody can hear every word said on Wimbledon, and yeah. you know, highly paid athletes. I guess Alistair Nicholson from the Players Association is just worried about if a player would let something slip and get a fine. So, do you do you have someone sort of monitoring the line and listening in? And look, we don't. It's live, so there's no delay. It, no, there's no delay. And it, look, we we take it similar to tennis. There's no delay there when we we've ever done tennis, and we take the feeds from Wimbledon. Um, our mics on umpires in and referees in rugby league and AFL are always live. And I think it's just an adjustment that the players need to make mm. and understand that this is modern sport. You know, I watched an NFL game the other day where the guy had a microphone and an earpiece in the huddle while they're coming up with their play, and then spoke as he walked back before the snap. You know, of the quarterback. And I mean, and, and you, then the sound was on during the play. And I mean, that's just modern sport now. That's, mm. you know, with the, with the high broadcast rights, that's what the viewers want. Um, they want to be taken closer. They want to hear what's going on. And I just think it's something that cricket's going to have to get used to and, and has already. I think I haven't heard too many swear words out there. And I think the public understand if swear words are done in an emotional situation when someone gets hit or frustration or... Rather, Pain, than, yeah. rather than just being aimed at someone. Yeah, abuse, and, and, and so I don't abuse. think that's a bad thing for the game. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been fascinating and uh, good luck with the rest of summer. Thank you. Thanks for having us and congratulations on your podcast. One of my favourites. Oh, thank you. Cheers. Well done. Great stuff there from Steve Crawley, Head of Television at Fox Sports and Matt Weiss, General Manager of Fox Cricket. 
All right. So in a moment, we're going to hear from two of the stars of the Fox cricket coverage, Isha Gua and Adam Gilchrist. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you all, if you have a moment, please rate and review the podcast on whatever app you listen to the show on. And and if you do want to keep up with all the, all the new episodes of the show, the best way to do that is to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. There's uh, many iOS or Apple uh, apps or Google apps. So go and find a podcast app that you like and subscribe to Cricket Unfiltered. If you want to get in contact with me, you can email me on ozcricketpod, that's A-U-S cricketpod at gmail.com, or you can find me on my website, andrewmensel.com. So now to two of the real stars of the Fox Cricket broadcast, Isha Gua and Adam Gilchrist. They both had amazing international careers, but I've spoken to them about their approach to commentary, how they got into commentary, and uh, some of the challenges they find with commentary. So it's really interesting stuff. So let's head straight back to the SCG. I'm there with Isha Gua and then followed by Adam Gilchrist. All right, so we've, we've done the first two segments of the Inside the Fox cricket coverage, and now I have one of the real faces of the coverage, Isha Gua. Isha, thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast, Andrew. Well, uh, it's great to have you on. I've heard you on your own podcast before, so I know you're a pro at this. <laughs> uh, but what I want to try and do is take the listeners into what it's like for you commentating on the cricket. So I guess... When you got into commentary, did you have an idea of what sort of style you wanted to to have? I think when I first got into commentary, it was it was really just finding my feet and understanding what commentary was. So the differences between TV and radio, for example, radio way more descriptive, um, whereas and you could probably go off on more tangents in terms of stories that you tell, uh, and you're just trying to kind of be a nice relaxed kind of addition to someone just reading a book in their living room or you know cooking or whatever whereas on television it was more about adding to the pictures so not telling people what they could already see um, then just learning from working in different places around the world um, so in England we generally like to let our coverage breathe a bit more because that's what the the fans like um, when you go to India they love the chat uh, and the constant talking and the animation behind every delivery, uh, whereas in Australia, probably a bit more banter there. So just trying to get a feel and a vibe for, for how different people like things. And then, and then working with different people as well, um, just getting that balance right uh, when you're the lead commentator, when you're the summariser. And I now believe that I have that experience and I'm very fortunate to have that experience behind me. So coming into this um, broadcast, it's it's just kind of, fallen quite naturally really because I've, I've worked with a lot of the guys anyway when it came to Triple M or working around the world with various different people and and hopefully that's coming through in the broadcast that we're all getting on well with each other. Yeah there is a real energy to it and you seem to all sort of get on fairly well I guess before you got into it did you sort of listen or see any commentators that you wanted to emulate or you you picked bits of anyone in particular that sort of gave you any ideas or influence? I guess um, inspiration. commentary is very subjective but I can honestly say I used to just enjoy everyone's comments. So when people come to me and say, oh, I don't like this person or I don't like that person, I'm always like, well, actually, they, they bring this or they bring that. Um, so I've always generally tried to see the positives. Uh, and I, you know, 
TMS back home was always a bit of a soundtrack to my summer, you know, driving around with my parents in the car and being at cricket matches and I'd go for a break and I'd listen to TMS while the game was going on. And then obviously... I think a lot of English people feel that. Yeah, and and then obviously, you know, growing up with uh, the back end of Channel 4 for the, for the Ashes and then watching a lot of Sky. Like, I, I really respect Nasser Hussain. I think he's one of the best in terms of just bringing insight to the table. I've really enjoyed working with Shane Warne um, because of his cricket brain. And, yeah, just, just various different personalities that I've been, I've been lucky to work with. And guys that I watched when I was younger, you know, on the cricket field. Uh, that's just, at times you do pinch yourself. But, yeah, it's just a... I just feel very privileged. I guess, uh, what was it like when Fox Cricket approached you and wanted to give you a sort of prominent role in the coverage? I guess, were you initially surprised? I'd done a bit of work with Fox before, so in their studio. So I'd already kind of developed a bit of a relationship. So the actual initial approach didn't surprise me. But in terms of how it all came about... I was just fortunate to be in the right place at the right time um, with things kind of growing as they were. The fact that I'd done some Triple M work in the years leading up to it. So people kind of knew of my work. And so, yeah, it was it was really kind of encouraging to know that people wanted to use me in a prominent role uh, as they did. So, yeah, I, I guess it's it's been some hard work built into it as well. And like I said, very, very grateful for the opportunity. Um, but it's I feel like I could take it on. Or when I was originally approached, I felt like I could take it on because of all the work that I'd done before, you know, presenting for Sky and, and all the presenting work that I've done in the past, as well as the commentary with, with um, everyone around the world. So, yeah, I was just really excited about it, to be honest. I've noticed this sort of a shift to a more sort of well-rounded commentary teams with females and journalists and, and a sort of a bigger variety. And uh, I just wonder from your point of view, have you sort of noticed that change? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there are, there are a lot more females operating in this space, which is brilliant to see, um, not just in cricket, but around the world um, in different sports. I think it's really important because it reflects the the fan base um mm, it's, it's what not, people want it's not just guys that watch the sport it's it's everyone um from kids to um adults and what i love about our particular team is it's not just the diversity that it has from males to females um it's and you know bringing over harsher from india it, it's the actual personalities that are really diverse uh, and I think that makes the team work really well together. So, yeah, that, that's what I, I... I mean, I've said it before, um, that it's probably the most fun I've ever had in TV broadcast. Um, not just because of the, the commentary, but everything behind it, all the production that goes into it. You know, Fox have been able to, to use a lot of high-tech stuff that I've never kind of worked with before. You know, the spider cam, the rover. It, it makes it look incredible. Um, and that's what I'm really kind of excited about as well. You know, the fact that we've all just come together and we've, we've made this broadcast together um, has been wonderful and it will continue to grow as we develop. It's quite unbelievable that you're the first woman to conduct a toss in an Australian test match. I mean, you you know, it's 2018 or 2019 now. It is quite amazing that it's taken this long. Yeah, I guess when you say it like that, it is. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, what can you yeah, say? Great, congratulations. Yeah, I mean, you're breaking new ground, I guess. Yeah, and, and that will continue to happen, which is brilliant. And 
I've been again. I, I was fortunate that I've been able to do the so I conducted the toss for the England India series back home, and I've done it a few times in women's games, and then over in India for the IPL. So, yeah, it's it's just been again a gradual pro- um, progression, and it's yeah, it's just a. A wonderful thing to be able to do. And when I listen to you commentate, Ishi, you seem really sort of relaxed and very cool. You know, is that sort of the way you are as a person? And and do you realise that you come across as very smooth? I know you're laughing, and maybe there's some stuff that goes on behind the scenes. But but is is that sort of a natural? Is that a right assessment? I, I, I don't know. I think back before I started doing any sort of broadcast, I was very monotone. So I've really developed in terms of trying to get that energy up at times. I'm all about the energy. But yeah, I guess, yeah, I, I am pretty relaxed in everyday life. Um, you know, I, I didn't mean flat. I wasn't yeah. trying to say you were flat. I mean, cool. Yeah, like, yeah, I know, you know what you're It's very smooth. I'm not, you know. Yeah, I guess um, that's something that I've really just evolved into maybe is that um, what you like off the field yeah I mean I am pretty chilled but you know like everyone else you have your moments mm. so <laughs> um, I think when you when you start a job naturally you know you, you feel the pressure and you can get nervous about things so but were you nervous about this I, yeah I guess I was yeah I was you're always nervous about something new um, but I was also really excited and the apprehension was there about creating something really good so there was a bit of both, but I feel like a really kind of, I feel lucky that I've settled in with the group. I guess it's like anyone, you know, even players when they're playing in a different team, when they play in overseas leagues and they want to prove a point, you know, or prove themselves to everyone else. Uh, I think you, you can get nervous, but in general, yeah, I'd like to think of myself as someone that doesn't take life too seriously and you know, likes to have have some fun as well as, you know, bring the insight to the table. Mm, comes across. So I guess the nuts and bolts of it, but say before you go into a commentary stint, what's your sort of thought process? Do you sort of go in with a few sort of storylines you want to touch on? Do you do any sort of particular research? Do you have a sort of mindset going into a stint? I think at the start of the day, you want to kind of tee up what, where the game's at. If you're on, I'll always casually have a look at who I'm on with as well at times just to see okay well Warney's on Cordy Biadav's about to bowl I'd really like to get his insight on leg spin you know when I first began my career I'd probably look at that a bit more kind of meticulously whereas now it comes a bit more naturally to me and and in a way that's probably better because you don't want to be rigid in your thought processes about things you, you want to you want it to happen naturally Go because with the something might happen in the game. Yeah, and you know, for his, an example was it was kind of it was a, it was meandering along at the MCG, and then all of a sudden, Pat Cummins comes in and he takes loads of wickets and he's on a hat trick, and that was like one of my favourite moments on commentary because we had Shane Warne and Mike Hussey on, and Warney having taken a hat trick at the MCG, we got him to call that hat trick ball. And it just added to the whole theatre of it all. And if I'd have maybe had rigid plans in my mind, that might have slipped away. But you're kind of always trying to be as relaxed as possible to to get those those moments. And what about sort of either post-session or post the day or post the match? How much reflection do you do or talking? I mean, we've had Matt Weiss on. How much sort of did you talk to the producers and sort of work out what worked and what didn't and stuff like that? I think from my point of view, um, the day takes up a lot of energy Anyway, so you're starting generally at like half six. You're coming in, you're starting to think about the day. What do Australia need to do? What do India need to do? Um, what does the day look like 
and you know have have that energy as well so i i tend to maybe have a quick think about what's happened but in general i like to just kind of try and switch off i might read i'll try and read the papers in the morning um just to get me ready for the day again and and that's all you can do really i mean if if you think that you're not going to have much to say that's when i'll maybe look up a a potential storyline or See what the buzz is. See what the buzz is. Also, my fellow commentators, you know, what they've done well at particular grounds, um, because I always like to bring that out of people. Um, That's what I love about actually my role as well is is, is similar to Mark Howard is bringing that out of your guests because I haven't played men's test cricket. So I want to get their insight as much as possible. Well, Isha, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a fascinating discussion. I could go on for hours, but uh, good luck the rest of the summer. We look forward to seeing you. appreciate it, Andrew. Thank you. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. I'm the final part of our behind-the-scenes look at Fox Cricket, and I brought the big gun in, Adam Gilchrist. Welcome to the podcast, Gilly. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm not sure I'm that big a gun, but I'm very happy to be here. (laughs) I think you are. So, uh, well, let's start with your transition from playing to sort of broadcasting. How did you approach becoming a broadcaster? I know some – yeah, just tell me your sort of thought processes. Yeah, uh, didn't finish the game, uh, or did, whilst I was playing, I didn't sit there and aspire to get up into the commentary box. I wasn't too sure where life was going to take me post cricket, but I felt comfortable. I had was fortunate. I had enough things on outside of the game, um, various commercial relationships, uh, some charity work, and a few other areas of, of endeavour that I wanted to pursue. Uh, but I was very. Um, I guess uh, humbly asked by Steve Crawley, who was running the nine coverage, yep. um, the test coverage, and, and one day, well, all cricket coverage at that stage, wasn't it? And he invited me to be part of that team in my first year in retirement, which was a really nice um, proposition to look at. But I asked if I could just do a test match and maybe a, a, a one day. In fact, it was a T20 game at the MCG when. David Warner's first game for Australia. Um, Good one to start off with. Yeah, I just wanted to do it and see how I went, whether I enjoyed it, whether I was any good, uh, whether whether Steve thought I was any good before really diving into it. And to be honest, I came away thinking it's probably not for me. Um, it was, as I say, I was humbled to be offered the opportunity to commentate and join that uh, amazing, you know, famous commentary setup. But I didn't find that I really could get into it I didn't feel that I was thinking about the game that much I probably wasn't adding much to it and I didn't think it'd be the right thing to do I was also a bit reluctant to be so soon after retirement traveling around Australia full-time again through summer I was keen to with a young family to spend time with them so I didn't take up the invitation uh, on a full-time basis just did the one test and one t20 and then uh, but Crawls was great. He gave me opportunities uh, on uh, Wide World of Sports on Sunday mornings, uh, just learning a bit of co-hosting with Ken Sutcliffe. Yeah. So, you know, dealing with the best in the business to to learn from. Do you think it was just too soon then uh, after you're playing to, yeah, to jump into it? Yeah. More, not, not just so much about commentating, but just everything around the international game. I, I was just ready for a break mm. from it. So it was nice to get that little taste, but I, I did finish that thinking one I, I don't think I'll ever be a commentator 
but as I said, I, I did enjoy the presenting side of it that Crawls enabled me to get some yeah. uh, grounding uh, at. And and why, why do you think you enjoyed that side of it more? Uh, well, I think a commentary team is made up ideally of a lot of different personalities, a lot of different points of view, a lot of different skill sets. And I would say, you know, compared to a Shane Warne or a Mike Hussey, I would never analyse a game quite like they would do. They always have had strong cricket brains and they look at you know field placings or bat grips the way a batsman's holding a grip or a field setting and and really analyze it and process it and work out why that's the situation what then may unfold from that I don't think that's my strength I didn't ever really think like that through my playing days um, it was probably more sea ball hit ball and uh, just play what's in front of you sort of so to speak but but I really enjoy the presenting side of it I enjoy the buzz of live TV and you know the countdown in your ear of three two one and gee you all of a sudden you're in front of so many you know million people yeah. watching and and that's a, a, a real buzz uh, I'm really interested in the production side of it and the way it all pieces together so and trying to be part of that jigsaw to make sure that it all does form a full picture yeah and there's no missing piece so that's what uh, I think I get excited about. And as I say, Crawls gave me that opportunity, little taste of it. I then said no thanks, uh, went away for five years, um, pursued a whole lot of other stuff. Then when the Big Bash went to 10, um, a gentleman there by the name of Dave Barham gave me an opportunity and I decided to give it a go and really enjoyed it. And obviously that was a successful period for the Big Bash in by way of growth and it was good fun, and I, I started to get a, a taste for it. Uh, but and I'll never forget Steve Crawley saying to me uh, when I did say, "Look, I probably won't take you up for that nine gig at that time." He said, "No worries." He was respectful, but he said, "I reckon we'll work together again one day." And then, you know, six years later, uh, or ten years later, well, here we are, and I'm absolutely thrilled and honoured to have been given this opportunity on such an amazing occasion of launching. Australia's first ever 24-7 cricket channel and launching Fox Cricket. Yeah, Crawl said you were the number one target on the uh, podcast uh, earlier, so uh, I think he's just just as thrilled you came along. Uh, What was you thinking then in building Fox Cricket? I know, you know, you're on the other side, but you obviously had an input into the sort of the final product. What's your sort of view of what you want to present to the viewer? Well, I think through the Big Bash coverage that I was a part of, we, we just tried to have a nice blend of analysis, entertainment and fun, uh, make it relatable to, uh, to to everyone that's watching the game from the most ardent cricket fan down to just a novice who happens to be walking by the TV or has it on in the background and, you know, glances at it but doesn't necessarily want to watch every single delivery. And I think that's the beauty of Fox Cricket. We cater for absolutely everyone and that's yeah. what my initial discussions with crawls when we first sat down and said how's this going to look you know clearly three different formats test cricket 50 over cricket and t20 there's subtle differences in each of the broadcasts uh, but really i think in this new modern day of of tv viewership and and uh viewers in uh watching cricket they they want a bit of blend of everything it's not over analysis but they want to know what's going on 
and particularly the Fox cricket audience that generally they are passionate about their sport if they are if they're watching Fox and um, they want to know some fine detail but but I think in the modern day everyone wants to be entertained to a certain extent and and do you uh, when you go into a commentary stint do you sort of uh, go in with an idea of sort of some plot storylines or things of what you want to talk about or do you just sort of see what unfolds when you get in there what's your approach to that yeah it, it's a good question I think in any format if the game is it, the true stars of any broadcast are out on the field that's simple as that if, if there's a good game of cricket the easy cricket to broadcast is when it's an exciting game and you're just literally calling the action because there's so much entertainment and so much action um, the tougher stints might be when it's it's a bit of a long drawn out slow going and there's not much happening that's where I think particularly test cricket is is has been challenged in recent years of trying to maintain a viewer's attention and, and wanting to sort of be a part of the experience so that's again where Fox Cricket no ad breaks during play, we get the opportunity to, to add a whole lot of detail into that. A whole lot of it might be analysis or uh, reflective pieces on what's transpired earlier in the day, maybe even showing some highlights from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it might be. We've got the time there to, to give the viewer uh, something of interest so that uh, even though it might be slow going in the current match, there's something of intrigue and interest there. Uh, and then you know eventually the game will crank up and then it takes over again by itself so an element of planning but obviously being mindful of what's unfolding out on the field and what about your teammates at fox cricket how yeah. are you all gelling together and how's the dynamic yeah brilliant it was uh i think that was really that was never going to be an issue i think um once Krulls had you know, told me the the list of names that he was targeting, and then you know, sort of sat there ticking them off as they all said, "Yeah, I want to be a part of that." A wonderful blend of different personalities, different backgrounds, uh, different, as I mentioned earlier, about different mindsets around the game and how it's played, and yeah. tactical awareness. Um, we've got all different nationalities, uh, and yeah, I. I didn't think that was ever going to be an issue about how that team would blend together. And and it's been really exciting because you know some of us have played a lot of cricket together, some of us didn't even know each other uh, across the whole group. Yeah. And a big group that it was assembled to cover so much cricket. But I I think that's been exciting all the different backgrounds of broadcasting experience coupled with the cricket knowledge bringing that together and and just settling in and so quickly, it, it didn't matter who your stint was with. You didn't have to sort of think, oh, dear, I'm not sure about this. It just, it's just flowed and flowed really naturally, I think. it's uh, So we're having a great time. I don't know if the viewers are agreeing, yeah. but um, the feedback is that everyone's really enjoying it and it's been a nice, fresh broadcast to, to follow. You and um, Shane Warne have got a nice dynamic in the commentary box because you, you seem to come at the game from different angles, but yep. it, it sort of seems to evoke interesting discussions. Do you feel that when you're with Warney? Yeah, absolutely. It's been often brought up that, that you know, this perception that Warney and I didn't get on or it's going to be really interesting. Are they going to get on in the commentary? And you know, nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, Shane and I have been very outward that we, mm. we've had moments when we were playing together. There was times when we questioned each other on, on certain thing and disagreed on things. But then, you know, that's, that's a small percentage of the time and we, we don't hide that. But 
what people don't go on to say, a large percentage, a huge percentage of the time, we're doing something together that we both love and mm. cherish, and that was representing Australia and <laughs> being good mates doing it. So all that sort of supposed uh, dislike of each other, uh, um, that doesn't stack up in our minds. And, yeah. and then in the commentary, I just love the best thing I did in cricket my most favourite memory was to wicket keep the shame worn. So now to sit alongside him in commentary and and have fun with him, but then also get to pick his mind a bit and and try to try to pick his brain in a way that I hope that the viewers found, find it interesting because there's a lot of knowledge there. Um, yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, it comes it certainly comes from a different point of view yeah. most of the time. And just to sort of finish up, you know, you did the interviews with Cam Bancroft and Steve Smith. And look, I'm really interested in the craft of interviewing. Yeah. And I just wonder, you know, is it something you'd like to do a bit more? Because interviewing is a sort of a skill and an art. Would you? Is it something you can see yourself moving into a bit more? Yeah, I really enjoyed that the Virat Kohli interview before the the tour, which. Virat hasn't given out another interview all tour, I don't think. So I was, uh, we were very, very fortunate to, to get that interview and I found that intriguing. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in the interviewing in that it's a wonderful way to, to get to know someone a little bit more deeply and, and learn their story a bit. Obviously, you, you try to research leading into it. So even if everything that you've prepared doesn't come out in the interview, you walk away a little bit richer for the experience of knowing someone else's story. Um, I, you know, I, I, the, the Bancroft and Smith interviews, I, they sort of came to us, really. Mm. We didn't hound them in any way, shape or form. And so I wasn't looking to go in and create a headline or try to dig and dig and yeah. dig and provoke some sort of remark that was going to change the world. Um, it was part about trying to tell the story for these young men as they seek that road to redemption. So... And, and, you know, then it's up to the person you're interviewing how open and honest they want to be. And clearly, on a couple of occasions, they were pretty open and honest, as was Virat at the, yeah. at the start uh, of the summer. He was intriguing to learn more about what a deep thinker he is um, of life, not just of cricket. But, uh, yeah, it's... So you'd like to do more of it, maybe? Yeah, it's an area of interest for me, so no doubt about that. Uh, did you look back at the interviews and think, oh, I wish I'd asked a follow-up to a couple of questions? Uh, there's nothing... Oh, you, I don't want to get into some specifics. No, no, there's, there's, there's the nothing crap. that really jumps out at me that I that I was disappointed I missed out on. I, there's, you, it was, you know, I'm learning as I go along too, so the mind's sort of scrambling a bit. As I say, you prepare... But you also want to make sure you're listening, yeah, and look, and then I know exactly following how you feel. A, a thread or a trend. So, no, really enjoyed it. But no, I don't look back through them and and think oh, I, I really dipped out there or I missed an opportunity. As I say, you know, other other people who watched certain parts of certain interviews might go, "Oh, you should have gone harder." But that that's not my intention. I don't ever foresee myself trying to become you know a news journalist that is looking to to provoke someone into a, a headline story. It's more about the, the storytelling of, yeah. of a person and a personality and then their journey. Well, I absolutely agree. And, Adam, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been brilliant to talk to you. Good luck for the rest Thank of you. summer with Fox Cricket. Thanks, mate. Well, listeners, that's it for Cricket Unfiltered this week. Thanks so much for listening and downloading the show. I've been your host, Andrew Mensel. You've been listening to Cricket Unfiltered. That was the making of Fox Cricket Special, and we'll be back soon with another show. 